Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. our Good Friday service here at Noosa Church. We also have a a Resurrection Sunday service at 9.30 in a couple of days' time. But this morning, I wanted to to focus, obviously, on uh, Good Friday. And it's interesting. I mean, I grew up in a a household that we went to church. And uh, so to me, Easter and the meaning of Easter, it hasn't been something that I've had to hunt far for, but it was uh, part of our and again, too, when I grew up, it was a bit more normal. I went back to uh, the, I went to Karoi Kindi when I was tiny. And uh, when we moved back up several years ago, I went back there for the first time in 30 <laughs> something years. And, and I, and it was funny because I was chatting with the lady there and, uh, and she knew the, the, the kindergarten teachers that were there when I was there. And I, one of the fondest memories was the Easter hat parade. And I said, oh, isn't it amazing? I remember that and the macadamia nuts. And I said, oh, and the, and the Easter hat parades. And her face just went, we don't do that anymore. And I thought, wow, that even to suck the celebration out of three-year-olds because Easter, even the term Easter, which, you know, is quite diluted for us as Christians and as believers, I think, wow, how scared the world is of Jesus' sacrifice. They're petrified of it. They say it has no power. They say it has no meaning, but don't dare use the name. Don't dare bring it up. Don't, you know, pull it off every card. Pull it off every holiday. Pull it. We want all the benefits, but we don't want any reason behind it. And yet we're the ones that walk sometimes in fear about the name of Jesus, about using it. I think we could get a little bit more, bit more, what's, uh, I guess a bit more bold. I was going to say even a bit more silly in the sense that there's a conf- when you have a confidence about you in something that you carry, uh, then you can actually use it and maybe even overuse it a bit, you know, rather than we err on sometimes the other side. But today we, we look at the death of Jesus and, and it's, again, something that we often in the modern life try and shy away from, the death and sacrifice. We want your best life now. We want, you know, it, it, we, what we have is comfort, but we don't even feel that comfort, so we want it even more comfortable and more comfortable and all the R&D in all our businesses and companies and, and world leaders is all on just making it even that nano Second, and that nanomilliliter, millimeter more comfortable. And yet, what we find is there's no end to that game in just being more and more comfortable. There's no, there's no meaning in that. There's no enduring values in just more comfort. But there is part of a, of a robust life. There's part of a called and on purpose life that requires a suffering that we would do good and do well to remember and embrace in our own life. I'm not saying we have to suffer ex- like Jesus did. I know there are people on, in different areas of the earth that think that is what 
is required and they literally, they have uh, terrible ceremonies where they're whipping themselves and, and things like that. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about there is an em- embracing of the concept of suffering, that the, the penultimate goal of life is not just easy or cushy or just air-conditioned comfort and no frustration and no annoyance, but it's actually the embracing of a sacrifice, the embracing of a death. Who knows that that's where it ends up for us? None of us get out of this life alive. And yet we just, we don't want to acknowledge that in the modern world. We, d- we don't even know how to deal with that. And yet we need to. And on this Good Friday, I want us to look at that today. In John 12, it says this, verse 23, it says, But Jesus answered him, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honour. How's that? Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So, so many of our, us, we think the end game is different. But the end game is sowing our life so that a, a, a benefit is derived from hopefully many others, hopefully a lot more grain. And Jesus didn't make, it didn't make any sense, his sacrifice. Now we have the benefit of knowing the end of the movie. And it changes everything. Who, have you ever seen a movie before with someone who's already seen it and you haven't? And then they build up the suspense, you know, the, the music changes and you're not sure what's happening. You maybe think that the nice guy was the bad guy or who knows what's happening. And you're tense as. And yet someone next to you is totally relaxed. Maybe even chuckling, because <laughs> they've seen the movie several times before. And in, in one sense, it's great. But who knows, once you've seen a movie, most movies, once you've seen it once, and, and, and the, the, you know, the, the trick of the plot, the twist, and, and all that that has happened, you're kind of like, oh, it's not the same the second time. It's a different experience. And yet for us as believers, we kind of like, yeah, yeah, we know how this happens. We've got Good Friday. We've got another public holiday coming. But at the time, I want to tell you today, Jesus didn't approach it that way. He wasn't like, look, this is the, the worst weekend of my life. He had to walk this out by faith. He, he, the, the reason that when he rose from the dead, he knew God's plan, but he still had to obey. He still had to walk that out in faith. And I want to tell you, what, what is that relevant to our life? Is because your and my life is the same. You don't, you might not know all the details of the end. You maybe have a sense that it'll be worth it. But sometimes we shy away from the sacrifice in our life because we think the goal is comfort. And yet, and, or we get frustrated at this, at the, the little niggles within that sacrifice. And I want to tell you that you, today of all days is a day to be resolute on the, the much fruit that's going to come from a life surrendered to Christ. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we're getting annoyed at the wrong things. We're getting annoyed at the sacrifice, and Jesus embraced the sacrifice. He goes on in that chapter to say, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, 
glorify your name. See, when you're living for something greater, I'm not saying that there's no setbacks or pain. There's a lot more pain. Welcome to problems. Welcome to pain. Welcome to sacrifice. But there, but meaning is forged. It's in there. It's derived from that. And And that's actually what we're looking for in life is not just comfort, but meaning. Great meaning. Great contribution. Great sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 2, It says this of Jesus, for it was fitting in verse 10, for it was fitting for him for whom all are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through, through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are, are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. How's that? They came to release those who for all their lifetime were subject to bondage, the fear of death. And you know, sometimes when, I don't know for, about you, but for me, if, I, if I'm getting pressured in my mind uh, against a a bad uh, situation or a bad ending. Do you know sometimes in a fear, you can actually just push your way all the way through? You know, like, oh, if you lose your job, you're cactus or you're going to do this and that's not going to work and da-da-da-da-da and, like, and you're kind of resisting that for so long and then suddenly you're like, okay, well, what if it happens? What, let's, go, what, what's, let's go worst case scenario. Devil, let's go there rather than arm wrestling it in my mind and you go there and you go, you know what? I, I'll get through that. I'll get through that and get through that. And you realize worst case scenarios for us are often not that bad. And we're, we're, we're scared, the fear of being scared of something maybe happening. And, and the, something happens when Jesus, the confidence and the boldness to run square and headlong right into sacrifice. This is, I wanted to get here this morning in Luke chapter 22. It says this, and we're going to receive communion this morning at, at, in a few minutes time. But I love this and in Luke 22, verse 14, says this, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And then he said to them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I love that. He knows something's coming. He knows he is going to die. And he, and he says, With desire, some, translations call it say with fervent desire i have desired to eat this passover meal before with you before i die before i suffer imagine that kind of attitude that if we took that in our life i i know that and i'm not diminishing the reality of people's challenge in in uh, in the area of their life you know anxiety depression fear some of these things however who knows if you sit at the bottom of the pool Suddenly, I don't know, I'm not trying to get all psychological and Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but suddenly then there's other things become priorities. 
If you walk in the middle of the road and suddenly a Mack truck's coming towards you, I can guarantee you, you don't have anxiety like you did two seconds earlier. You got another adrenaline that kicks in, survival. And some of us, we've got a, again, I'm not saying what we're walking through is not real, but I'm saying when there is a higher purpose or even a, a, a more imminent danger, then it realigns our priorities and, and forces us sometimes into action, in a straight line action towards what's important. And some of us are shadow boxing in life. We're getting, we're thinking our, our family's a problem or our job's the problem or our friends are the problem or noose is the problem. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you know, the, the brain goes all in all kinds of areas and, and, uh, or God's the problem. He's holding out on us. And there's, there is no problem except maybe we need to capture a bigger problem or a, a bigger purpose in life. You know what I mean? Rather than our air conditioning breaking, breaking or you know what I mean? Or the surf's not good today. Well, my latte is under 63 degrees, you know, and sometimes because we're going to find a problem if we don't have one. And we're going to magnify that and make that the biggest thing in our life. I guarantee you, every single one of us in this room has a biggest problem, something that we're facing. And for, to us, it's a big deal. And who knows, sometimes when you've got a friend and you tell them and they're, and they're so flippant about your problem, and you're like, no, it's a big deal. I'm worried about it. And they're like, hey, that, that's, that's nothing. And it's annoying. And yet it's true. And some of the closest friends I have are people that can challenge me to actually take on bigger problems in that sense. To actually, you know, and, and the, the dear friends to me where we cherish each other and we can, the, the friendship is strong enough, we can actually pay out each other's problems. And say, so, oh, mate, really? Is that the biggest drama? Oh, wow. Oh, dear. Why? Because we're born for bigger things. We're born for more than just fighting over the bills. And Jesus here he wasn't shying away from sacrifice. And that wasn't sacrifice of, uh, you know, a day's work that he didn't get paid for. That wasn't sacrifice in a 40 degree plus day helping your mate dig a hole in the, in the noose of summer. This was actually pain and blood and death. And we go, oh, that's all right, Jesus. You know, you raised from the dead a couple of three days later. But today we're focusing on the sacrifice. We'll get to the resurrection, but imagine just facing into sacrifice with going, that's worth it. He, he faced that sacrifice knowing in bringing many sons unto glory. He's like, this is worth it for the sake of mankind and walking through it in faith. And yes, he received the promise. But imagine us, right? Is it going to work out all right before I serve God? God, hang on a second. Remind me of all the benefits. I just want to make sure the benefits package is good before I sign up to you, Jesus. You know, no, 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 no. But actually saying, you know, it's worth it living life on purpose, you know, resisting temptation, resisting sin, resisting death, resisting fear for the sake of maybe the people in your life. Some people I know are standing for marriages for their entire life. Some people are standing for the salvation of their kids for decades. And you get weary and you get tired and you get worn down. Well, some of your friends, you're praying for them. But I'm saying, what is the option? Versus what? Forgetting about them, forgetting about people, writing them off, not caring, you know, just going for an easy, comfortable, cushy life. It's a fallacy. Regardless of how nice and comfortable our life that gets, we will definitely find something to get frustrated and annoyed about. See, we under, underestimate the struggle and the grit and the faith required by Jesus because we know the end of the story. Well, what about your life? What about, what are you facing right now? That feels like you're getting, you're in the pressing. You're in the crushing. You feel like you're getting crushed. 
you feel like you can't take it anymore. Is it something that is worth that fight? Is it something that is worth that exchange? You see, finally, 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 when you do, when we all expire, then all that we've done is what we've traded our life for. Our entire life, we've traded for something, no matter how many years are in our life. And ultimately, the cost of a life lived for God, a cost, the cost of a great purpose, the cost of a huge dream or a small dream or no dream at all is exactly the same price. It is the sum total of your life. And when we do expire, that is what we have traded our life for. You see, sometimes we think living for God costs more. No, 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 no. We, it all ends the same. And what's left is that residue. What have we, have we been a, a grain of wheat that has fallen to the ground and died and, and, and sown that many, that many more people may live? Or have we, when we expire, have, is it just our comfort that evaporates and nothing further? I hope for God's sake that, that many grains of wheat grow out of the, out of the seeds from the lives in this room. And I'm confident that it, 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 it is happening and it will happen. And it has happened. But on this Good Friday, and we call it Good Friday. We don't call it a bad Friday. We call it a Good Friday. Why? Because it was good? No, it was tragic. It was terrible. People went and viewed a public execution of an innocent man, more innocent and more pure than anyone ever on the planet, God's sinless, spotless son. And people publicly went to watch the execution. And so, so how do we, how do we go from that to making this a good Friday? Because it was for us. Because it was for you. That nothing can separate you. The love of God that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing. Your mistakes, your sin, your past, someone else's mistakes. Oh, but someone else messed up your life. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. We need, we need to drill higher or deeper into the meaning. Of Jesus' sacrifice, not just deeper into comfort. My best days are not the ones where I do nothing. My best days are when they've been a great day of contribution, whether in labor and providing benefit for family or for people or for friends or, you know, in the busyness that something, it's worth the effort. It is worth the sacrifice. You know what I mean? If someone was about to get hit by a car and you pushed them out of the way, but then you got clipped and hurt your, hurt your wrist, you go, that's worth it, a life for a sore wrist. And, and so are you upset at that? No, you're actually, I mean, there's, you know, chemically you're exhilarated. There's all the stuff that happens. But also afterwards, days later, years later, are you upset at that? No, because it was always worth the exchange. The price was worth it. The sacrifice was worth it. And your life is worth it. What you're fighting for right now, and it is a fight, what you're fighting for right now, it's worth it. The people, your future, a godly family. Maybe you're saying, you know what, it's, it's happened generations past, whether that's uh, drug abuse and drug use or whether that's divorce or whether that's uh, you know physical, whatever, whatever it is that you say, no more, it's not going any more generations. You know, my grandfather was alcoholic, my father, well then, you know, it's worth a fight. Sometimes it is a fight to put that line in the sand and say, no more, it's in no more, no future generations. I am the guardian here and I stand at my post and I'm like, 
It's not going into the future. And it's hard. Daily hard. But I want to tell you, I want to remind you today that it's worth it. Jesus is not upset about the sacrifice that he paid. And I don't want any of us to be upset either because we're shadowboxing thinking our sacrifice is bigger than what we're sacrificing for. I love that, the Jesus on the eve of, and he received communion with the, the disciples and knowing that he was going to suffer and, and suffer, like I said, whipped, beaten, died, that the words he chose to use, and I love that we even call it the passion of the Christ, but the words he chose to use were with desire, with fervent desire. I have desi- I've desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. Amazing thoughts. Imagine if we could take one skerrick of that kind of purpose, that kind of focus, that kind of clarity into our daily walk when we wake up and go to work. When we wake up and go, oh, it's a sad day, but I've got chores to do. When you wake up and you're like, oh, just went shopping and the kids ate me out of the household. I've got to, I don't have the money. Ugh. Imagine with desire, imagine just ramping that, front-loading it and fueling it with the passion of God and saying, okay, God, I want to be better. I want to live a greater life with risk, with challenge, with sweat and blood and grit and tears versus a sterile, anemic, boring, bland life. And yet often that's where our mind wants to go. And I want to encourage you today that Jesus' sacrifice was worth it. He shed his blood for you and for me, and it was worth it. And with desire, he desired, and he celebrates. And your life, I want to encourage you today to bring a spirit of joy amidst that sacrifice of what you're facing. That the life that Jesus said he came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And so I want to encourage you, I want to goad you. I want to provoke you into living all that God has provided in the shed blood of Jesus today. And I'm going to invite you right now to come. We've got the elements of communion up the front here. And just if the band could come as well. And we're going to receive communion together, but we're going to wait for everyone. So right now, I'd love you to come out of your seats. Grab the elements of communion and uh, you can return to your seats. And then we're going to receive that all together this morning. In that uh, Luke 22 scripture, it goes on, and so I'm going to read the continuation of it. It said, When the hour had come, he sat down, the twelve apostles with him. And he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God has come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. 
and truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Again, the sacrifice Jesus made was amidst trial, it was amidst challenge, it was amidst betrayal at the very table, and yet still with all that, he said, with desire, I want to eat this together with you. Can we eat together this morning? And let's drink together as well. Father God, we stand here this morning. Your people, your sons and your daughters. And we do this in remembrance of you. Remembering Jesus' blood, that it was shed for us, for the remission of our sins. Lord, that we can live in a brand new life that you've provided for us. We respect that, the shed blood. We also receive the cleansing power of that today. And we walk away from the sins and the, and the dramas and the past, Lord, that keeps trying to plague us. And Father, you, bought, uh, you, you sent Jesus in his broken body that was broken for us, for, the, for our total healing. Father, I thank you that right now, spirit, soul, and body, Lord, your people are receiving that abundant life that you paved the way for through your sacrifice. And Lord, we thank you. As your word says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God, if there's anyone here today that has never called on you before, never invited Jesus to be Lord and, and boss of, of their life, Father, I thank you that this morning, in the, through the truth of your word, they can receive you, they can call out to you, use their voice and their will, receive you as their Lord and Saviour, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like us to stand this morning. I want to share one last scripture as we... As we close, and we're going to go out singing in gratitude and thanks to Jesus for what he has sacrificed, his life for us on this good and great Friday. Romans says this, so here, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants you to do, what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. God, we thank you so much. Lord, we, we lift our voices to you this morning. God, we thank you for the victory in Jesus. Lord, in his death, Father, that he paid the price for sin. Lord, we receive that cleansing power today. God, I thank you that every person here, Lord, they call on the name of the Lord and they are saved. Father, if any of them need prayer today, we will pray with them after service. God, if they are already children of God, Father, I thank you they walk in the fullness of what you've provided for them right now, Lord God. New vision, new energy, new power in Jesus' name and in your shed blood. Lord, we finish this service today singing to you in all your goodness in Jesus' name. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.